in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, I don't believe these numbers. U.S. adds 528,000 jobs in July. I, 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 okay, sure. When has the government ever misled us? Uh, we got this guy from the White House right now saying uh, Americans have 500,000 new jobs to choose from. You feel that way? You can just you the 500,000 jobs hiring and you can choose one of them. Uh you can be an acrobat, you can be a sports announcer. Can you really? Can you really? I don't think it works that way. Uh Friday, Friday. And it's cloudy. I love it. I love it somehow. Less pressure uh to go outside and do stuff. Uh less guilt about staying inside. I've always Yeah, I'm all right with that. Uh let us see. Eric Adams, I'm telling you, this guy has no business being in power because he does not know how to use it. He's already abusing it. Major story in Politico. The guy, Eric Adams, wants every new hire to submit a headshot. I mean, that's it's a headshot. Like the casting couch? Like Hollywood? Like an 8 by 10 glossy? Are you serious? Who does that anymore? Nobody. Eric Adams, not exactly the coolest guy in the world, after all. No one does headshots. You do uh, selfies. He's uh, 61 years old. He wants to see everybody's headshot. Now, why would that be? Now, the obvious reason is, uh, and I believe because they are, uh, well, we know Eric personally is very resentful of white people. He has said it. He doesn't like crackers. He doesn't like those crackers. He kicked them crackers' ass, remember? He said, yep, 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 yep. So proud of it. And so disdainful of the crackers. So is he? does he want to look at race or does he want to evaluate the attractiveness of uh, the applicants? I don't know, but this seems uh, extremely illegal. Uh, where are, where's the Civil Rights Commission on this? The mayor wants to see everybody's picture. You know, there's the American with Disabilities Act. And I don't th- I think this has got to be covered. Your appearance has nothing to do with whether or not you get the job. Now, p- stepping away from all that, it is kind of documented that... They say better-looking people have it easier in life. But you know what? Everybody has, uh, everybody's got something. Everybody wants something that somebody else has. I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you are. Everybody's walking around with some issue. Although you've heard me say it before, those issues will be so much lighter, so much lighter, if you start a conversation with the Lord, with God. It is possible. It is so attainable. Everybody, hey, was that cool yesterday? We had Joel Osteen on. And Joel Osteen will be at the uh, Yankee Stadium tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. I've been to these before. They're actually really nice. Uh, you can get tickets at Ticketmaster, Yankees.com, JoelOsteen.com. Uh, they are uh, beautiful events. So is Brittany Griner still in jail? Yeah. Uh, she's. Um, I think she's going to get out, but uh, right now it does not look good. Cut 23. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that... In your ruling, that it doesn't end my life here. I want to apologize to my teammates, my club, Gimka, the fans, and the city of ECAT for my mistake that I made and the embarrassment that I brought onto them. All right, she's saying all the right things. Let her go. Come on. I know she, I don't care if she's anti American. I don't care if she sat down for the uh, Pledge of Allegiance and the national anthem. I don't like that. I don't approve of it. I think the WNBA and the NBA should really get their act together with that crap. Um, But that's a domestic issue. I saw a report today that uh, Putin is keeping her in part to, you know, stir the culture wars here. 
I don't think anyone's going to war over this, but uh, I would like to see her back home. And Putin, uh, well, he's not going to listen to Joe. Joe has absolutely no juice uh, at a strategic level, we got some, but at a personal level, the old personal diplomacy, no, Joe, Joe, Joe lost it. I mean, look, we got to be tough. We got to kind of smack around certain people at times, but you got to be a nice guy too. I know Russia invaded Ukraine. I don't like it. Remember, it would not have happened if Donald Trump were still president. No freaking way. 62% of the country believes that Ukraine would not have been invaded if Trump were still in power. Uh, And this is not helping, Joe. Cut 26. And it's Putin. It's Vladimir Putin who is to blame, period. Putin has shattered peace in Europe uh, and attacked the very, very tenets of rule-based order. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Oh, Wow. So how are you going to get him on the phone and uh, ask him for a favor? You're not. Never. Now, who knew better? Who knew to, like, kind of massage the situation a little bit? Trump. They criticize him for this, but you know who would be benefiting right now? The people of Ukraine and also Brittany Griner and his family and her team. Cut 24. But I do get along with uh, with uh, President Putin. Uh but I've been tougher on Russia than anybody else by far. He gets along with Putin. That's a terrible thing. No, it's a good thing. If I get along, that's good. He likes me. I like him. Not so bad. And we get along. I like Putin. He likes me. You know, we get along. It's better. Is it? Wouldn't you say it's smart to get along? Okay. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Actually, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Joe Biden going around calling Putin a, a war criminal. I mean, the, the MSNBC crowd will love it. But here, cut 25. He did that, actually. Yeah, Biden went out of his way to say publicly that Putin is a war criminal. Now, you can make that case. You could probably make it. You should probably make it in uh, the, the Hague, in an international war crimes tribunal. That is a designation that has all kinds of connotation. Now, look, I know he's probably doing really bad stuff. He is doing bad stuff. Um, but to cut off all your options by taking him on personally at that level. Joe can never get him on the phone. We are screwed. Brittany Griner is totally, totally screwed. Uh, ooh, I love this, by the way. Proof that our uh, swamp is very, very deep. Uh, did you see this? Ted Cruz was absolutely brilliant in taking on Chris Ray, Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI. This is kind of a long exchange, but it makes a lot of sense. He brings out a Great big FBI document. You know the Betsy Ross flag? Have you ever heard of it? You've heard of Betsy Ross. She knitted the flag, right? 13 stripes and 13 stars. The colonial flag. I've seen it a million times. Well, that flag was now put on some sort of uh, alert memo issued by the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI that right-wing extremists may be using this as a symbol Uh, and as a communications device for their nefarious uh, ambitions. It's not true. Ted Cruz takes us apart brilliantly. Listen to this. Cut 29. Yesterday, it was reported that Project Veritas had obtained a copy of an FBI training material, which listed various symbols and themes which, in the FBI's estimation, 
were indicative of, quote, militia violent extremism. Now, these symbols weren't things like the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi Party, which naturally would be symbols of that. But instead, they included, rather astonishingly, patriotic symbols of our nation and our history. Included on this list is the Betsy Ross flag. Now, that's fairly remarkable that the Betsy Ross flag in the FBI's indication is indicative of violent, uh, militia violent extremism, because among other people who have been publicly alongside the Betsy Ross flag, we have President Barack Obama, who was sworn in directly underneath two Betsy Ross flags. But it's not just President Obama. We also have President Biden, who was sworn in under Betsy Ross flags. It's not just the Betsy Ross flag. Also on this list is the Gadsden flag as a symbol of violent extremism. Now, the state of Virginia has a license plate for the Gadsden flag, as do many other states. I think people would be astonished to find that having that license plate, the FBI indicates that you're a violent extremist. Also included on this is a text that I was particularly struck is the Gonzalez battle flag. Come and take it. As indicative of being a violent extremist militia. Well, I will self-report right now that every day in the Senate I wear my boots that have the Gonzalez battle flag on the back of them. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. What the hell is the Gonzalez battle flag? I don't know, but it's not this right-wing extremist rallying cry. And uh, so this is much shorter. What does uh, Director Ray have to say about all this? Well, talk about a well-practiced bureaucrat. Uh, let's see. He uh, Look at this. Look at this. Uh, I don't know anything about any uh, memo. Cut 30. Director Ray, what are y'all doing? This makes no sense. Do you, do you agree with this FBI guidance that the Betsy Ross flag and the Gadsden flag and the Gonzalez battle flag are signs of militia violent extremism? Well, Senator, I, I'm not familiar with the particular document you have behind you, uh, and I'm not in the practice of trying to comment on documents that I haven't uh, recognized. Oh, Wow. What a little sneaky snake, huh? You're not familiar with the document. How can that be? I had that document the night before. Everybody had that document the night before. You go before a committee of United States senators. Greg Kelly, sitting on 3rd Avenue in New York City, had that document 24 hours before you did? I don't believe you. And if you didn't have it, I guess you didn't want to see it. You didn't want it. On purpose, because that's a little bureaucratic trick. And who better at bureaucratic tricks than the Federal Bureau of Investigation? Bureau, bureaucratic. I've got it right here. I got this memo. Unclassified, law enforcement sensitive, sensitive FBI internal use only. Well, Project Veritas did get it. Sorry. Federal Bureau of Investigation, Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide, Militia Violent Extremism. Summary. The following symbols are used by anti-government or anti-authority violent extremists, specifically militia violent extremists. MVE symbols are found on propaganda, online platforms, memes, merchandise, group logos, flags, tattoos, uniforms, etc. 
Widespread use of symbols and quotes from American history. American history. You can't talk about the Revolutionary War, especially the Revolutionary War. They're using our own history against us? Do you know what they used to call Air Force One? The official name of Air Force One for an entire year was the Spirit of 76. You can check it out. Richard Nixon flew to China on an airplane. Its logo was the Spirit of 76. 1776. We used to be proud of this stuff. You talk about it. You could be. You must be some sort of militia member, violent extremist. Wow, what a little snake that guy is. Thank God for people like Ted Cruz. I know he can be a handful. He can be a bit of a ham. But I love the guy. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, man, this is rough stuff. I got a video here. I'd like to play it for you. It's going to half of it will be bleeped out. They say the F word. They say the N word. What is it? It's a group of uh, degenerates yelling and screaming and making fun of cops this morning in Queens. Very early this morning. And these cops are fantastic. They're ready for duty. They're just standing there, but they're being abused verbally. Um, and oh, by the way, it happens to be a very diverse group of police officers, men, women, uh, all colors, all ethnicities. Uh, who's going to sign up for the police department to take this kind of abuse? Hey, Brian is on the phone from Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Brian. Hey, hi. Good. No, good to talk to you again. Um, I- hey, a while ago, you mentioned that movie, Moonwalk One. Yeah. And I finally watched it, and it was pretty good. Know what I mean? It's really wild. It's a beautiful documentary made by NASA 50 years ago about Apollo 11. And uh, I think it's the best one ever. What would you like about it? What do you remember? Yeah. Well, I remember the psychedelic music. <laughs> uh, everything else I had pretty much gone through myself already. But the thing that stuck out to me that I didn't know was all the ladies that they hired to make those spacesuits with all the different layers of the gold and the, the lead and everything that they had in there to protect those guys. It's very interesting. You know who they hired to, to uh, make the spacesuits? Um, women who their previous experience was making boxing gloves. <laughs> Which you think about it, it's somewhat, you know, it kind of looks like a space suit, a space glove a little bit. No, I know what you mean. I saw a lot of that footage as well myself. But to tie it all together like that, and I'll say, I'll say one thing that really made an impression on me when they're coming back and the guy is narrating and he says, inside this spaceship, two astronauts and a treasure, the key to unlocking the mysteries of the universe, the age of the moon, the age of the sun. And I'm like, wow, wait a second. Yeah, they figured out the age of the sun. They know the age of the sun. I think it's, uh, I'll get back to you on that. I think it's 8 billion years old, but... How could they figure that out from moon rocks? It's one of the ways. We already had a guesstimate. But anyway, I'm glad you saw the movie, Brian. Thank you for that. Uh, Moonwalk One, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can find it on YouTube. You can also find it on i. You can find it anywhere. Uh, Moonwalk One, really cool. I think it's the best film about the Apollo 11, about space ever. Tom is in Queens. Yes, uh, Tom, hi. Yeah, hello, Greg. Hi. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm calling to let you know, like, um, I'm going to be as concise as possible. But I, my father, you know, he passed away earlier this year, and he, he was one of the greatest cops that ever lived. 
and uh, I don't know if I should mention his name or not, but, you know, he was a legend. He was a legend. He was a housing cop when, you know, remember when there was housing police. But, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about public relations with police. People don't understand it's a two-way street. You know, it's, it's he used to tell me, look, he used to tell me, I, I hate to say this, but they would actually dump piss from the windows of the pro, uh, uh, onto the police. And and did you see the verbal viral uh, video recently with the three? It was like a three-year-old and four, four-year-old kids that were cursing at the cops. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, no, terrible stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, you, you got to understand, they're ingrained with this hatred for cops. And, and, and it's, just, it's a terrible thing. Well, I think so, it's been popularized. I actually think it's been popularized and mainstreamed, uh, this, uh, this resentment of law enforcement. And it's uh, been percolating for a number of years, but it's went into overdrive with the overreaction to the George Floyd death. And, uh, but I guess uh, in certain communities, certain areas, uh, it's always been there, that hostility. Uh, all right, listen, I got to go. But, Tom, anything you want to say about your, uh, your deceased father? What was his name? Well, his name was Thomas Townsend, and and if your your, your father met know him, he believed me. He was a he retired as a lieutenant. All right. But the only reason he didn't become captain is because, if you might know, like he wanted to make the extra overtime. All right. At the, you know, so when he retired, he got a bigger paycheck. So, but he worked in Fort Greene. Yeah. You know, for seven years, the midnight. What do you do, Tom? Uh, I'm a financial. Uh, you know, I I. I I invest, you know, if I'm a, a trader, you know, that's what I do. All right. Well, um, thank you, Tom, very, very much. May your father, Tom Townsend, rest in peace. Sounds like a great guy. Uh, I can't tell you one very uh, You said story. something about being concise at the earlier part of this I, phone I, I, call. I, I, but... I want to tell you one story about him. He, I once got mugged, okay, in Manhattan. Uh-huh. And he, listen, two or three days later, he retrieved my wallet. With his network and connections, how he did that is beyond me. I don't know. Wow, that is pretty impressive. I was in, I was in Chelsea late at night. I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. You know, I was kind of intoxicated and whatnot. All right, pal, and, I got to go. Thank you, Tom. I'm glad that you got your wallet back, and I'm thankful for your dad's service. I will be right back. All right, thanks. Uh-oh, we got off the phone too early? Oh, geez. All right, I I, I got another minute to kill. I was like, oh, gosh. I mean, I love Tom and all, but uh, that was getting a little bit. Uh, <laughs> he was going to tell us what he was doing in, in Chelsea that night. All right. So this is the segment of the show where I'm supposed to take the phone calls. And I like doing that. And we do Friday phone. So we've got one more. Sandra in New Jersey. Uh, hello. Hey, how you doing? Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. You know, I wanted to tell you that last night I went to my neighbor's apartment and she had a lot of people there. They had the news on and they were talking about Brittany Grier. They were saying things that you don't agree with, that they feel that she should be staying there because she doesn't love her country. She doesn't stand up for her country. She's ashamed of her. They were saying all those things. All right. And I wanted to tell you that, and I know how you feel, and I know how I feel. I know that that's a hefty price to pay 
for what happened. That that shouldn't have to be like that. Yeah. I feel that way. And I also feel that um, she made a mistake. And I know if she comes home, she's going to love her country now if she didn't before. And I also feel one more thing, that the prisoner that we're holding, from what I understand, we shouldn't train and, oh, my, my earbud just fell off. Sandra, I want to read something to you because I am up against the, the, the wall here. Listen to this okay. from the New York Post. The Russian singled out this American because she's famous, black, lesbian, and exercises her free speech rights to speak, to, uh, to speak out. Um, and this is uh, what Putin is doing. He loves to play the traditional conservative uh, to appeal to Russians and many in the West that made her a great hostage as he jousts with the West in support of his savage war of conquest in Ukraine. I don't I don't want to play Putin's game. I want her back. I don't care about her political right. views. Let's bring her home. And Sandra, right. thank you. I'll be right back. Okay. Bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. summer weekend uh it is pretty oppressively hot what the hell's going on with that i don't remember any summer ever being like this i know it has been like this but this is uh this is uh this is very swampy this is really muggy and weird that's all right i'm enjoying the hell out of the air conditioning here at wabc we have great great facilities here i hope you got a i hope you have a good boss wherever you are great uh work situation it's wonderful to have um People who are good to you at the top and uh, next to you, it's really uh, it's really nice. We thank WABC. Well, thank we. WABC is a great place to be. Uh, all right. Oh, uh, the cops who shot uh, Breonna Taylor by accident are in trouble, even though even though they were exonerated by local law enforcement. Even the state attorney general in Kentucky said there's no case here. Remember Breonna Taylor? She was in bed with that drug dealer. I'm so sorry all of this happened, but uh, the guy grabbed his gun, started shooting at the cops, um, and she was caught in the crossfire. And it was deemed a justified shooting, unlike unlike Ashley Babbitt, all right? But uh, here's Merrick Garland making a federal case out of it. Cut 34. Earlier today, I spoke with the family of Breonna Taylor. This morning, they were informed that the Justice Department has charged four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers with federal crimes related to Ms. Taylor's death. Breonna Taylor should be alive today. The Justice Department is committed to defending and protecting the civil rights of every person in this country. Hmm. Sounds righteous, but it's not. It's not. They're doing this for political reasons. Now, Breonna Taylor was... uh, as big as George Floyd for a while. Cut 33. Say her name. Say her name. All right, Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor. I'm sorry she's dead, but what the Justice Department doing is not going to bring her back. And it looks like to me they are illegally persecuting and prosecuting these four police officers who were found to be not culpable in her death two years ago by the state attorney general of Kentucky. A very smart guy by the name of Daniel Cameron. Listen to this. September of 2020 on this very issue. Cut 35. Our investigation showed and the grand jury agreed that 
Mattingly and Cosgrove were justified in their return of deadly fire after having been fired upon by Kenneth Walker. All right. That's kind of open and shut. He's not, and there's no wiggle room here. Cut 36 now. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. Oh, I heard that all the time. No-knock warrant, no-knock warrant. Mainstream media told me it was a no-knock warrant. Huh. All right. Uh, finally, uh, from Daniel Cameron, the attorney general for the state of Kentucky, cut 37. Mob justice is not justice. Justice sought by violence is not justice. It just becomes revenge. And in our system, criminal justice isn't the quest for revenge. It's the quest for truth, evidence, and facts, and the use of that truth as we fairly apply our laws. Our reaction to the truth today says what kind of society we want to be. Do we really want the truth, or do we want a truth that fits our narrative? Do we want the facts, or are we content to blindly accept our own version of events? Well, Merrick Garland <laughs> chooses the uh, the other thing you were talking about, our own version of events. They want to they want to advance a narrative, and they also want to do damage to the guy you were just hearing from, Daniel Cameron. He is a superstar. Now, he happens to be black. Now, they want to take him out. They want to do damage. They don't want his uh, his findings to stand because, yes, he's the attorney general, and, like, you know, it's an elected position, so he's a politician, and he's very, very good, and he's very, very pro-Trump. Here he is at the Republican National Convention in 2020, cut 38. Good evening. My name is Daniel Cameron. I'm 34 years old and the first African-American attorney general in Kentucky history. It is an honor to be with you as a proud Republican and supporter of Donald J. Trump. Hey, all right, huh? Uh, The guy has amazing charisma. And he's not afraid of calling Joe Biden out on race. He does it brilliantly. Again, at the convention, they want to take this guy out. They want to cut him down to size. It's not going to work. Listen to this. Cut 39, please. I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom. And as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden who says, if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black, who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains, who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. (laughs) He's good. He's good. What do you want, Daniel Cameron or uh, Merrick Garland, 34? Earlier today, I spoke with the family of Brianna Taylor. Yeah, you can talk to her all you want, pal. No, 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 no. You're a bad guy. This is a political move, a cynical political move, and I don't like it. All right? Daniel Cameron, I think he's going to be president someday. Uh, Oh, good thing that Dick Cheney never became president. Uh, Dick Cheney, you know, he's really desperate. 
Uh, looks like Liz, his daughter, is going to lose in Wyoming because Wyoming, they know a farce when they see one. And this January 6th hearing that she is pushing, pushing, pushing and being embraced by the mainstream media. But um, the people don't like it because it's anti-American. This is a Soviet-style show trial. Handpicked witnesses, no cross-examination, all pre-scripted. Um, it's just crazy. And this is this is essentially, I believe, illegal. Uh, if she doesn't, uh, if she should win by some miracle, uh, she could be investigated by the Republicans and maybe impeached, censured, thrown out. I mean, what they're doing, someone's got to pay for this. Uh, so Dick Cheney, remember him, Vice President of the United States, who uh, did more damage to this country, I think, than, well, listen to how he puts, listen to how he characterizes Donald Trump. Cut 40. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. Uh, go to hell. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's almost Trump derangement syndrome. This guy's got a fatal case of it. You know what? We like him. Half the country likes him. You're going to try to tell us that we are, he is the gravest threat to America? He's uh, This guy can help save America. This desperate man, Dick Cheney, and he's looking at the camera. I mean, he looks evil, and he's wearing this cowboy hat for some reason. This is no cowboy, but he's wearing a cowboy hat, and he's literally growling at the screen. He's angry. Cut 41. He's a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. Ooh. Wouldn't lie to his supporters. Well, number one, Trump didn't lie. When he raises questions about the 2020 election, um, He's not lying, all right? He's not. Now, he's convinced the election was stolen. I have a hunch that he's right, but I can't prove it myself. Technically, I can't. I don't have that skill, uh, the, the the data, the science. I just can't. It's my hunch, though. Um, and you're allowed to have hunches in America. You are, and you are allowed to contest elections. You're allowed to do it on the Senate floor under the Electoral Count Act of 1887. You are allowed to. All right. But speaking of lying, Dick Cheney, oh, boy, did anybody, has anybody ever told a whopper like this that got so many people killed? I think this one lie, this might be the worst lie in history in that on this lie, roughly a half a million people were killed. Cut 42. Simply stated, there is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. There is no doubt that he is amassing them to use them against our friends, against our allies, and against us. Wow. There is no doubt, huh? Well, there were none. <laughs> there were none. So you are either colossally wrong or you were deliberately misleading everybody. I think there's a, there's a little bit of both here because everybody knew. You went out to the Central Intelligence Agency and you pounded the table. You wanted the intelligence to say what you wanted it to say. You didn't want objectivity. You didn't want a, a, a fair analysis, and guess what? The CIA, they're so political, just like the rest of the swamp. They cook it up to give you whatever you want. Whatever the political class wants, they serve them temporarily. They will serve them. The political leaders who come and go, they'll give them what they want so they can live to fight another day. Uh, one more thing here. Oh, yeah, so the purpose. This is all a, the worst political ad in the history of political ads. Cut 43. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. 
No, uh, she's not upholding uh, the Constitution. I think she's defacing it. I really do. Those hideous hearings. Too many people don't have the courage to stand up and call Liz Cheney out. This horrible person. Weapons of man. How is it that the Cheneys are now suddenly rehabilitated? They got us into the wrong war. A half a million people died. No weapons of mass destruction. And George Bush, I see him giggling on Jimmy Fallon. Giggling. <laughs> um, Liz Cheney bears a striking resemblance, by the way, to uh, Dr. Rachel Levine. Anybody see that on my show last night? It was pretty good. Uh, oh, here's that clip I was telling you about. Uh, the cops in Queens. This is AOC's district, by the way. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This is how they feel about the cops in AOC land. Go ahead. We talking to Vic right here. Twelve. Well, he's Italian. The captain. All these. Yeah. All these. What Vic? Yeah. All these. What Vic? Everybody but Vic. Yeah. 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 The batteries up. The batteries up. The bitches too. All these. But Vic, yo, go bad, man. Vic better be captain. The captain. Get out of here, man. Go sit in the AC. Y'all might as well get to know us. We gonna be out here. Hey, what a nice neighborhood, huh? Better well get to know us. We'll be out here, huh? Police officers, men and women, sworn to protect the community. Who the hell is gonna sign up for this stuff? You know, it's the, so much of this is on de Blasio. Uh, Adams is a co-conspirator. You know what de Blasio did? First, he pretended the NYPD was broken. Then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And then he managed to actually break it. You know, that's what happened. And uh, we're in really, really rough shape. I don't know how this gets better other than maybe me running for mayor. I'm still thinking about it. Uh, this this whole gosh, he's getting weirder and weirder, and he's getting he's more, he's an egomaniac. You can see it that with the suits and the, the 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 stance and the walk. What does he call it? The strut? Oh no, swagger. I got swagger. No, you're embarrassing yourself and the city. We know what leadership looks like. This is not it. Okay, you're a party promoter. Okay, go run a nightclub. Go run Rick's Cafe. You're no mayor. Give it. I wish he would give it up. Wouldn't that be great? I think he's going to get himself in big trouble, as in legal trouble. This stupid thing where he said everybody's got to submit a headshot. We want to know what you look like before we hire you. So, uh, yeah, I think the federal government, that's something the federal government should uh, take a strong look at. Look at it very strongly, okay? Oh, Barbara's on from Huntington. Hi, Barbara. Hello, Greg. Happy Friday. Indeed. Yes. How are you? I'm I'm doing well, but I'm hearing this um, latest action to protect Brianna Taylor's civil rights. Where is the protection for the civil rights of Ashley Babbitt? Where is that? I would like to know, and all Americans would like to know that. We have a lawless government now. And Justice Brandeis, many years ago, had said, the government is the omnipresent teacher. So the government is now teaching lawlessness to everyone. And Justice Brandeis said that invites 
anarchy, and that's what we're seeing, anarchy. You know, imagine if Ashley Babbitt was with somebody, had a, had a partner with her or whatever, as she was there in the Capitol, and the person standing next to her uh, fired a gun in the direction of Michael Byrd, okay? And Michael Byrd returns fire. Um, I don't think anybody really would... <laughs> I think we'd understand where Michael Byrd was coming from, Right. Right. Yeah. It's a whole a whole different situation. It's she a whole different so situation. Yeah. Not a threat. She was not a threat to anyone. And so for her to have her life taken summarily for no reason with no warning is something that we should all stand up for and we all have to remember because if it had happened to her, it could happen to anyone. Well, I hope you've been watching the Newsmax show. We're making it a, a, a daily feature every single night when I'm on that show. We'll talk about Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, we can never forget. We must demand justice. It could, you're right, happen to anybody if they can do it. And if they can do it to somebody on television. You know why, by the way. You know why no one's demanding justice. Because the cop is black and the victim is white. I'm sorry. It pains me to say that, but that's what's going on here. And uh, that's not America. Your color doesn't matter. Except with the Biden administration, except with the woke left, apparently. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, speak of the devil. There's uh, Liz Cheney on CNN being interviewed by the fake news. Uh, What's that one's name? Uh, What the hell is her name? I got so many political reporters. Don't they realize that most people don't like politics? CNN at 8 o'clock this morning. They've got four people talking about politics for 15 minutes. No sound bites, no video, uh, just four, four of these reporters talking to each other, essentially about each other and their observations about uh, the midterms, the upcoming midterms. It was the most devastatingly boring television. I keep hearing about this guy they hired, Chris Licht. Uh, he's supposed to be very good at television. Why don't they let him get to work on that morning show? The morning show, the late morning show, the afternoon show, the nighttime shows, they all stink. It's got to be something in the water over there at CNN. Uh, they think that good television must be boring or something like that. Uh, very bad stuff. Can't figure it out for myself. Uh, let's see. Oh, congratulations, Carrie Lake. Man, she did it. Carrie Lake, the former news anchor, the Fox affiliate in Phoenix, is now the governor. Or, no, I'm sorry. She's a Republican nominee for governor. She's got to beat the Democrat. I think she will. Uh, Let's see. She's got still some concerns about the election. That just cut 52, please. Carrie Lake, the new Republican nominee for governor of Arizona. I wish that our election officials had their act together, don't we? I wish they could count votes. I wish they didn't give us the felt tip pens that we know we don't like. I wish it were all better, but we didn't have the people with courage last session to get anything done. Yeah, good for her. You know, we didn't get the results, I think, until late last night. That was, The election was on Tuesday. This is America. This is Arizona. What the hell is going on? All kinds of games are still being played. You think Joe Biden's going to root out the... Um, the issues when it comes to uh, election nonsense. Listen to this. He sounds really bad, even for him. Cut 53. I must admit, in total disclosure, I've 
I've spoken to the chairwoman about the possibility of my being able to buy one of those Corvettes that are electric vehicles that, uh, you know, when they come out. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do it because I can't drive a vehicle while I'm vice president, while I'm president, any more than I can when I was vice president. But I think we can change the face of the country with this legislation and reduce inflation, not increase it. It's always weirdly bragging. That was a humble brag right there. I'm a... I'm the president. I'm so important. I can't drive a car. I've got people to do that. I got the Secret Service. The Secret Service, because I am so precious. I am so. If you want to drive a car, you can drive a car. Especially you. You're in isolation and seclusion all the time. You could drive a car. Uh, the problem is, well, can you drive a car? Okay, we don't. Uh, we we were not exactly sure about that one. Hey, Carolyn Maloney, Congresswoman, talk about desperate. She wants to be reelected. She's a very nice lady. I uh, I don't know really what she's done, but uh, she said that she doesn't think Joe Biden should run for re-election. And then all hell broke loose. Everybody got mad at her, and here she is kind of apologizing for it all. Cut 56. Mr. President, I apologize. I want you to run. I happen to think you won't be running, but when you run or if you run, I will be there 100%. You have deserved it. You are a great president. And thank you for everything you've done for my state and all the states and all the cities in America. Thank you, Mr. President. Oh, sorry, Carolyn Maloney. If uh, I could, what what district is she anyway? Does anybody know who their congressperson is? She might be mine. I am sorry, nice person, but I am going to have to vote against her for sure. Um, anybody who's saying that this guy is a great president, he's barely president, he's barely present, it's... Uh, it's very embarrassing. Hey, real quick, this is Mike in St. James. Yes, Mike, I got 30 seconds. Hello, Greg. It's a great idea you running for mayor, but that election is 39 months away. You think the city can last that long? Uh, mm, Yeah, the city's going to last. The city's going to last. Hey, I hope it gets better and I won't have to run. All right, so um, I hope it gets better and I won't have to run. Is it going to last? I think people are going to still move out. But, uh, no, it's going to be a very dangerous place to live, and uh, we'll be suffering economically and socially and in a lot of other ways. So uh, we'll see. Um, We'll see. You think I should do it, though, huh? Good idea. But the mayor, every time there's an incident, a a murder, a mugging, a shooting, he says, we can't tolerate this. And that's it. I know. And he grabs his little microphone and he uh, just yells about Albany. He does not know how to use the tools that he has in his possession. I mean, the police department, strategy, techniques, tactics. There is stuff that he could do. But all he knows is to shoot his mouth off and to wear those suits. That's it. Greg, that's all he's got. Greg, if, if you don't believe it, stop and frisk. How did he take 2,600 guns off the street? I don't even believe that figure. I honestly, I you know, I honestly don't believe that figure. They just put a bunch of toy guns on the table and said, "Look at what we're doing." Uh, the the department is in shambles. Everybody knows that. It's not being led. It's uh, it's a, it's a total mess. I pointed this out the other day, though. He's uh, I've heard him defend stop and frisk, but he doesn't even understand it. He does not understand it. He has no business with this kind of power. None. Give me a moment. I'll be back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? 
the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Did you see the crash in Los Angeles? Oh, my goodness. A, uh, a Mercedes going about 100 miles per hour plows into a very busy intersection. 100 miles per hour in regular city traffic, right? I mean, it looks like a bullet goes right into the intersection. Huge explosion fire. Careens through several cars totally destroyed. At least uh, five people killed, including a little baby, a pregnant woman, uh, just horrible. Uh, maybe 10 people injured. Uh, now, it looks like the driver of the Mercedes, the one who started all this, speeding at 100 miles per hour, is alive. Um, she is 40 years old, and the reports are that she was upset because she got into a fight with her boyfriend and was drinking. Wow. Wow. I tell you what, drinking, stay the hell away from that stuff if you can. Nothing, nothing has ever been better because of alcohol. Zero. I mean, look, I mean, who am I to say? Maybe you can handle it. I can't. A lot of people can't. This woman couldn't. I don't think it's worth the risk. I don't. And if you can handle it now, you may not be able to handle it later. So I really say step the hell away from it. Nothing is better. you got so much more energy, so much more bandwidth. You don't overreact. There's a greater equilibrium. And, you know, we're going into the weekend, and isn't that when people get their drink on, right? I hate that slogan. There was a guy at the office who was saying that all the time. I'm going to get my drink on. Shut up. That was big in the 80s. This guy's like 22. I'm getting my drink on. Anyway, um, that was my big thing, Friday nights. You know what I mean? Why the hell not? Yeah, Friday. Don't have to work tomorrow. What can I do with the Saturday other than maybe advance my own interests? Okay, you work for your boss all the time. What about yourself? What about... No, we squander all of our precious time recovering from uh, from celebrating. I just so stupid. Anyway, uh, what a horrible tragedy! And the video is, man, a hundred miles per hour. That's what a hundred miles per hour looks. Like. It's all over the internet. Now, at one point, I heard that this woman was um, a well-known influencer. That may have been fake news. Just uh, forty years old, a woman, and in this. Um, She's alive and responsive, and it looks like she her injuries were first reported as major. Uh, they ain't so major anymore, so she's going to be okay, but she'll have, oh, I guess she's going to be thrown in jail right away and uh, may never get out. We'll, uh, we'll see about that. Hey, the other thing, oh, I mentioned this yesterday. There's this guy in uh, Pennsylvania who's a real nut job. He's the lieutenant governor. He's running for the United States Senate. How did he ever become the lieutenant governor? Uh, well, he was the mayor of a broken-down town. And by broken-down, I mean broken-down. Uh, let's see here. Listen to this. The name of the town is Braddock. And listen to how bad this place is. Here's the anchorman talking about it. Cut 50. The collapse of the U.S. steel industry left this borough in the shadow of Pittsburgh in ruins. Trains don't stop here anymore. Storefronts are shuttered. Homes crumbling. Today, 90% of the population of Braddock has left. Less than 3,000 people remain. The poverty rate here is three times the national average. There is no restaurant or ATM, no gas station or supermarket. <laughs> what a crummy place. But it had a charismatic mayor 
by the name of John Fetterman, who had already been there at this point for like seven years. Talk about progress, huh? Zero progress, but, you know, he's a hipster. He's got tattoos in all the right places, and uh, he's a cool guy. He has a Harvard degree, because, and that makes the media really interested in him. The mainstream media, they love that kind of crap. And uh, here he is. Now, the, well, I'll tell you what this is all about in a moment, but here, the glowing profile of John Fetterman, cut 51. Meet Braddock Mayor John Fetterman, six foot eight, 350 pounds. He's a man whose dreams for this shattered town match his mammoth figure. He first showed up in Braddock nine years ago doing community service. To those who ask why, why, why you're doing this? I, I would just really respond like, why not? Fetterman says what he calls Braddock's malignant beauty kept him here. His first investment in the town was his home, an old warehouse he bought for $2,000. You call this the million dollar view. Yeah, because uh, from my perspective, it doesn't get any better or more historic uh, than, than this. You should see what he's looking at, an empty parking lot and an alley. He, did he say malignant beauty? Malignant beauty. Okay, yeah, malignant. I see that part. The place is a total dump. And he says, uh, well, why do you do this? Oh, my question, my response is, well, how could I not do it? I mean, I'm all about service, right? He's pulling a Barack Obama, you know, go somewhere, some dumpy neighborhood, do the community activist routine, uh, do that as a platform, a launching uh, site. And it works. Obama showed it can work. And this guy parlayed this crummy town where he did a crummy job, uh, just cultivated all these media contacts, and they came to look at this six foot eight guy with tattoos who went to Harvard. Oh my goodness gracious! Wow, yeah, the town is depressed and terrible, but no, it's such an interesting story. Oh wow, uh, he has no progress to speak of. He brought in a couple of artists. Those guys, I'm sorry, a lot of them will live anywhere, squat anywhere. So he brought them in and, you know, you know, that Paps Blue Ribbon crowd, PBR, you know, let's make this place kind of hip. So he parlays this uh, fraudulent experience into the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman. John Fetterman is his name. And I know we got a lot of listeners in Pennsylvania. Uh, I knew he was a phony when I looked at his official picture for lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. You know what he's wearing? A weird gray open-collar work shirt with two pockets. It looks like it was made in, uh, I don't know, in, in, in communist China in like 1949. It's just like one of those Maoist uniforms, very strange. And he's looking at the camera. There's a flag behind him. This is his official photo. I'm like, who does this? I mean, this is in, aha, aha, aha. He's a rich kid. He is a rich kid. How did he... Survive for all these years being the mayor of Nowheresville, Pennsylvania? Well, his mommy and daddy were funding him, writing him big checks, like $60,000 a year. Minimum that we know about. All right? And they were buying him stuff. You know that house that he bought? He said $2,000? No, he bought it for a dollar. He bought it for a dollar after his sister bought it for $70,000. So there's all kinds of stuff. He's passing himself off as this blue-collar everyman and trying to paint Dr. Oz as some sort of an elitist. So it really doesn't matter, this kind of stuff anymore, this pedigree stuff, but you guys have made it the issue. This is what you're running on. Just like Barack Obama, his story, his story. Not what he's done for anybody, but his story. Oh, my gosh, his father 
is from Kenya. Oh, my goodness gracious. And his mother's from Kansas. <gasps> I never heard of such a thing. It's so amazing. No, it's not. It doesn't matter. Who cares? People come from all over the world. I've heard this stuff a million times. You know what I'm really tired of? Like, I am the first in my family to go to college. Can we just stop saying that? Even if you are, it's no big deal. We've heard it. You know, people do it. It's fine. First, last, I don't care. I came to this. My parents came to this country. My grandparents came to this country. Knock it off with your personal story. I know the political um, consultants will say you have to tell a story. Uh, the voters, you know, the voters have become actually a lot more sophisticated. We really have. We don't need to be entertained by you people anymore, you politicians, okay? Uh, John in Southampton. Ooh, hi. How are you? What's Good. it like? You're, you're, uh, are you north of the highway or south of the highway? I'm on the highway. Hey, Greg, man, that was a great interview with Joe and his wife. Oh, thank you. Yeah, great people. I love those guys. That's the place to be tomorrow night, I'll tell you that much. Are you going? I want to go so bad, I want to try. But, uh, you know, you should play with I wanted to call Curtis to tell him, but I think you're as entertaining, if not more, Greg. Uh, When you talk about Eric Adams, the mayor, you should isolate part of this Harlem shuffle song by the rolling stones Mm. because i I tell you it fits in perfectly well maybe he's not from yeah i yeah with david bowie i think it was a duet i don't know the rolling Rolling stones i i I know know. when when you're talking about and he's pivoting do the heart yeah i i remember that song i thought it i thought he did it with uh, with david bowie but anyway He's not from Harlem. Uh, what's his name? Um, Adams. Uh, he's from Brooklyn. And um, it's it's so, you know, the, the phrase high on his own supply. He is so high on his own supply. And now I hear he goes to suit supply to get his suits. And then he brings them to his uh, tailor. And like, this is what he spends his time doing. This is the stuff, the superficial crap that does not matter. Press conferences, announcements, press releases, Vanity projects. It's a great big vanity project. This, this ain't going to last. That other guy said, you know, it's 39 months to go. I don't think it's going to last. I think they're going to take him out of here in handcuffs, really. Granted, it's uh, he's probably got a fair amount of Democrat immunity from a lot of these uh, crimes. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, don't, I think this guy's luck is going to run out. John, thanks for everything. One more. Bob in the Poconos, yes. I'd like to say a couple of things. Oh, you I would, huh? Called- Okay. All right. Uh, well, then maybe you should start your own podcast, Bob. It doesn't quite work that way, but all right. What do you got? Well, first off, I'd like to say that when you are constantly telling people that they are victims of white privilege and you are crippling law enforcement, what do you think the end result is going to be? The other thing I'd like to say, Greg, is still there, Greg? Yeah, you're, I'm just spellbound by your observations. Keep going. Well, thank you. The other thing I'd like to say is uh, I, I really think that the day is going to come when your program is going to be national. You do a great job. It already is, but keep going. Well, that's it. <laughs> that's all I got <laughs> no, for No, that's you. very nice. Hey, what, what are the Poconos like? Uh, we're, our, <laughs> our trees here in the Poconos have been infested by a bug called the emerald ash borer bug, the EAB bug. It's from China. Mm. And these bugs, you can look this up, these bugs are killing our ash trees, which is an absolute shame. Uh, I, uh, my, my views uh, from my back deck 
We're just beautiful, and now half my half my backyard looks like January. Can I ask you so something? The, when we say the yeah. Poconos, what do we actually mean? I mean, I have a vague idea. Poconos, is it New Jersey? Is it Pennsylvania? Is it a little bit New York? Where? How do you define geographically the Poconos? I, I should know this. I know about the hotels, but what are the Poconos? How do you define it? When you come across the Route 80 bridge into Pennsylvania, you are in the Poconos. The Poconos is just across the river, the Delaware River, from New Jersey, and it goes up into almost New York State, going north, and it goes west for about maybe uh, maybe an hour and a half or so. It's northeast Pennsylvania. It's all northeast Pennsylvania. All right. I, I'm glad I asked. You certainly know. Thank you, pal, very much. And uh, interesting. What's that bug called again? What's that what called again? What's that bug called again, the insect that's bothering oh, you? The, EAB, the emerald ash borer bug that was imported from China, I believe, by some scientist in Europe, and somehow it's worked its way to this country. It's going to kill, you can look it up, it's going to kill a billion ash trees. There can't be a billion ash tray, trees, ash trays. Well, they can't what, be. Ash trays, ash trees. Ash trees. They can't be a, a billion of those things. I will check that out, Bob. That's interesting. Thank you, Bob, very much. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, what E A B bug? Google. I am a, an obsessive Googler. What a tool! What a tool! It's too bad though that too many people. All of us. I can use it for really. You can use it for good or evil. Try to focus on the good. There are a lot of temptations out there. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the troubling themes in this election year. Election deniers. Trump-backed election deniers. These election deniers. GOP election deniers are on the ballot. Your Republican Party's next nominee for governor could be an election denier. You're going to have election deniers win. Oh, yes, you are. (laughs) That was Adam Kinzinger. And uh, you want to call us election deniers, right? Oh, election deniers, it sounds. So they got together and they came up with a new term. They think it's pejorative, election deniers. Now, number one, listen, all right, just this is what they try to get us on. This is what they try to, ah, yes, it's illegal to even think certain things, right? Well, I don't want uh, anybody on my case or anybody uh, snooping around. So I'll say this. Joe Biden is the president. He's the president. He signed the paperwork, right? I don't know if he was fairly elected. I have a, a real deep suspicion that he wasn't. And uh, where does that come from? It's not some mythical whim. It's from all the rule and law changes they made, some of them illegal, most of them illegal, uh, in the run-up to the 2020 election. And they use COVID as a great big fat excuse. The greatest example of it, the most, the easiest to understand is uh, Pennsylvania, where According to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's Constitution, you can vote in two ways, in person or absentee with excuse. It's in the Constitution, in person or absentee with excuse. The two ways you can vote in Pennsylvania, they change that without changing the Constitution. They say you can vote at home, you can vote online, you can vote overseas. Nobody cares. Just vote. Vote. We'll send you a ballot. You don't have to ask for one. We'll just send one to you. Um, They changed all of the rules, but they did not change the Constitution that's a problem. That's a real problem. And when Rudy Giuliani momentarily said, well, we're not arguing fraud. Aha, you're not arguing fraud. Well, it was really the legality, illegality of the rule changes. That's not a fraud case. It was, gosh, they have treated him so unfairly. Um, so, yeah, I've got doubts. And you want to call me an election denier? You think I'm going to run from that? I, I, they just, they're always trying something, aren't they, huh? 
remember, it was totally cool, totally fashionable to say that Donald Trump was not elected president. The Russians elected him. The Russians tampered. Remember all that stuff? I do. They pretend it didn't happen or just another. uh, It's frustrating. It's a little bit exhausting, but it's okay because we're going to be okay because the truth is going to win. I know it. I know it. And don't you know it, too? Zerlina Maxwell. Who's that? Good question. Uh, She's on uh, MSNBC. What's the version? Like CNN had CNN Plus for about eight minutes. Well, MSNBC has something called Peacock. And uh, to be on that channel, you must not be a white person, okay? Because they love to uh, ridicule white people. Cut 46. Inflation, it's almost a privilege to care about inflation as your number one issue. Um, The same is true of gas prices or even the idea that it's the economy stupid. I always found that analysis lacking because as a black person, I don't want to get killed on the way to my job. So I'm glad I have a job. I'm glad I make a living wage. But if I can't be alive, (laughs) then what does that other stuff matter? Ah, right, 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 right. Now, um, uh, by the way, uh, people who, uh, well, uh, Asian people, black people, Hispanic people, white people, everybody has economic concerns, right? Now, I understand what she's trying to say here is if your very life is on the line, you're not really worried about gas prices at the moment. But this is one of those people. I've been watching her closely for a while now, uh, Zerlina. She says everything is racist. You know, ice cream is racist. And she's always playing the race card on television. And I believe she's doing it not to... um, lift up a community or protect a community, but to lift up herself, to use it as a weapon to enhance, to protect her own status, her own position, her own avenues to profit, okay? That's the game that's being played. And here's uh, here's somebody else playing the game right next to her. Cut 47. If you just lost your life because you are the wrong color, and you were pulled over somewhere, uh, inflation doesn't really matter to you or, or, or to your loved ones. Uh, there are much broader things going on right now in this country that affects so many demographics that the dollars to cents case that, that has been made time and again about, you know, like I said, it's the economy stupid. Uh, there, there's a blind spot there, and you'll notice that the majority of people who make that statement are, are, are generally white. White? Generally White? See, that's somehow a problem. How uncool is that to be white these days? Keep doing that. Keep doing that. Uh, what's that guy's name? Kurt and uh, Zerlina. Keep judging people based on the color of their skin. I don't think that's the American way. No, it's not. It's a corrupt way. And you know who's, gosh, you look at China, you look at Russia, they've got problems. I don't want to be anything like, I love our democratic system i love our constitution but they don't have the divisions that we have they don't there is a hell of a lot more unity and uh, the new york post points out that um russia china they are stirring the pot these culture wars there they have a hand in it they really do they are propelling us to be at war with each other got to actually remember that and possibly steer clear from some of these silly culture war um, arguments. All right, Friday phones. Let's see here. Uh, Francis in Long Island. Yes, hi, Francis. Yes, hello, are you there? Yes. You know, Greg, 
banana peels. I don't mean everybody else. All all right, banana calm, peels. calm down, calm down, calm down. I, 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 you're giving it back to me. I, I, what's up? Let's get the hell out of here. All right, thanks. Bye. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of used. Uh, Gil in Astoria. Hi. Hey, what's up, Greg? You can hear me? Yep. Hey, listen, Greg, number one, I love your show. You're the best. I love your dad. He looks like the real true Marines. Walk the walk, the walk talk the talk. Two, that, that fly this man was talking about from PA is called the, the Spotted Lantern Fly. And, uh, they got DOT, has the, the tractor-trailer drivers looking looking for those, those Spotted Lantern Fly because they stick underneath the uh, trucks, and they're eating up the vegetation. They spread out all over the East Coast. And he's right. It comes from China. And number three, check out the uh, check out Mother Angelica. I want you to check her out. You're going to really enjoy her. Who is she? And what is it? Mother Angelica. Just YouTube it. Check it out. Is it music? And, what is uh, it? Mother Angelica. She's a Catholic nun. She died. So Mother- you got to check her out. All right. All right, three things. I'm on it. I'm on it. Hey, they're playing the music, Gil. I appreciate it very much. Mother, oh, there's, oh, Mother Angelica. I know this one. She had that TV show. She's a riot. And she says a lot of good stuff, too. Uh, thank you, pal. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, hey Aaron Rodgers, what team is he on? The Green Bay, whatever? Packers. Uh, he's the quarterback, right? Yeah. All right. He should keep his uh, thoughts to himself about uh, drugs, okay? I guess he's uh, opened up about some drug experience he had, just like Steve Jobs. Oh, I got so creative. No. People's, uh, their minds totally change physically forever from that crap. And Aaron Rodgers, how many people did he inspire to go out and experiment with LSD or whatever the hell else they can get their hands on. Yeah, everything this guy, no, now I am all about love. I am all about love. It's all about love. Well, a much more productive and helpful pursuit would have been opening the Bible, you dummy, messing around with some mushroom. Great. How many kids? You know, don't look up to these sports guys. They really are terrible. I mean, there are some nice ones in the middle and the, the here and there, but basically they start becoming jerks when they're about 13 years old because that's when, you know, the best athletes in high, in junior high school become the best athletes in high school, become the best athletes in college and the best athletes professionally, and they're put on a pedestal at a very early age, and they think whatever they say is fantastic. And this this Aaron Rodgers, what he's putting out there is very damaging to, especially to young men. Young men like, what's his name? Who's the sports guy here who loves uh, all football guys? What's his name? Didino. Didino. Yes. He's probably, the next thing he's going to do is going to try that stuff, probably. I could see him doing that. He has, he's in love with these guys almost to a, well, it's a very, it's not good for Mike. All right. Uh, Anyway, it's Friday, and that means it's Friday phones. Valeria, Mamaria in New Jersey. Yes. Hi. How are you? Valeria, is that it? It's actually Valeria. It's Italian for Valerie. Uh, Valeria, much nicer than what I how I said it. What's going on? That's cool. I, I noticed that you were talking about Joel Osteen, and a lot of people have been interviewing him, and they're all excited for him to come. Mm-hmm. And? Yeah, I think he I think he's a nice guy, but I would love it if he went to like Dallas Theological Seminary and really learned um, 
the true meaning of the gospel. He doesn't preach that we're all sinners and we're going to go to hell if we don't, you know, ask Jesus to forgive us and make him our Lord and Savior. He doesn't do an altar call. And he... he well, what's, he wait, 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 what's an altar? First of all, look, I know Joel, like everybody else, has his critics. I also don't believe you need to be an ordained minister to do what Joel is doing or to do what anybody is doing. Um, I, I don't uh, I don't have a problem with any of that. And if you want what you're talking about, there's plenty of places to go for that. Joel Osteen uh, started a conversation. Uh, it was a one-way conversation. I was listening to him for many years. And something he said, the totality of it, brought me closer to the Lord. It got me to open the Bible. I, you know, I know that there are people out there who theologically think, no, he should be saying this, that, and the other thing, and he should be doing this, that, and uh, maybe do this sideways. But I, you know, I'm sorry. I think it's incredibly effective what he's doing. And um, I am grateful, and I'm pleased that he was here. Uh, Yes, I, I will say this. I mean, look, Charles Stanley, I listen to him now. But most importantly, and I think Joel will say this, more than listening to Joel, more than reading his books, it's about reading the Bible. What does he do the first time he gets up? This is my Bible, right? He holds it. This is the Bible. This is getting to a good Bible-based church. Honor God. Anyway, Valeria, I've heard what you've said before from others. I think he is a remarkable man and doing a lot of good. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Okay, well, may I just give you a quick rebuttal on that? You know, I prefer rebuttal. I mean, what do you want to rebut? I mean, you know, I've already—let's move on, because I, I, he was just here. You know how I feel about him. I don't want to open the mics to criticism. If you want to criticize Joel Osteen, you know, there are websites dedicated to that, all right? There are people all over the place who do that. And also, I will say this— um, you know, you you say you don't want you want your preacher to warn about hell. Is that it? Is that is that that's kind of what you said a moment ago to warn about hell? And yes. you know, yeah, yes, and yes, student, yes. And I am a student of Charles Stanley, and I'm glad you got his Life Principle Bible. I got it. I've had it for years. I've listened to it for decades, and he does in a very in, you know endearing way teach people to go one step further. So it's not about you know just about. Oh, here's when I feel good about myself and the prosperity gospel. It's more about, you know, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yes, I have never. Hold on, hold on, it. Valeria. I have never heard. I have never heard Joel say prosperity gospel. That is a media term. That's something that the media uses. Not him. Not him. You know. I don't think one person is to, is to one person one human being is not to fulfill and support and carry out all of our needs. I just and that's too much to put on Joel. It's too much to put on anybody. Nobody's perfect. I think he's done a lot of good, a lot of great things and he got a conversation going for people who never would look at church, would never think about the Bible and they're listening to a man who's holding up the Bible, saying, this is my Bible, through it I can do anything, you can do anything, who offers uh, 
people to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior at the end of his sermon? I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to quibble with any of that. But anyway, with anything that Second he's doing. Question. Yeah. Second question. I'm not going to I'm not going to argue with you with you about that. You know what? I'll leave it to God and he'll talk to you about it. Having said that, running for mayor. So you're it seems like you're kind of serious about running for mayor. I know how deeply concerned you are about the city because I've been listening to you and reading the post and everybody else. There's an event that I want to go to in the city tonight and I'm I'm frankly I'm I'm not going to go because I don't have anybody to go with. And I'm afraid I'm going to get, you know, seriously injured or, or killed. And it's very sad because I used to go to the city a lot. What? So I guess you you don't will not support Curtis. Um, so so what if he decides to run for mayor again? You'd you'd run against him in a primary. <laughs> oh wait a second, well, Curtis and I we kind of talked about that the other day. We don't know if Curtis we don't know what Curtis's plans are. Uh, I don't think he has plans yet. I don't have. I'm thinking about it. I am just thinking about it. Curtis Slee was his name, by the way. Hey, what kind of event are you thinking about going to? And do they live stream? Maybe you can watch it on live stream. No, it's not that. It's a dance event. I do um, a type of ballroom dancing, and there's a beautiful event going on tonight at, at Casa. Uh, I would hate for you to miss it. What about taking an Uber? I was thinking about that, but when I leave the city and I have to depend on an Uber, I don't know about these men that drive the Ubers within the city. I feel very safe with the Jersey guys that when I do Uber. All right. Let me ask you this. What about a car service? What about a car service, a Jersey-based car service? That's what I was going to look into, um, but I didn't know. Back in the day when I used to live in New York City, we used to have what they call Love's Car Service. Do you remember them with the black town cars? Uh, no, I remember. What's well, the, what's the other one? What's the other one that everybody talks about? He takes me to the theater. I love the theater. What one is that? That's the car. Uh, it has a Jewish name. What? Uh, anyway, right. look, I want you to go to this thing. Well, I haven't been to the city since 2019 because then the pandemic came. And How then far the out of the came. city are you? Oh my goodness. I'm like 20 minutes from the Lincoln tunnel. All right. I also don't want and you to come you know, to the heavier here. Beautiful Essex fells. No. Caldwell, Essex. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. All right, listen, how do I get you to this thing? I want you to go and I want you to be safe. You're so cute. I love I, But I really, I mean. <laughs> so having said that, what? oh my goodness, I'm torn. Because I, I don't mind going in like, like with the Uber. Yes, perfect. All right, I think I you're overthinking. All right, here's, here's what I. Is it a financial thing? Is it the money? It's, well, yeah, I have to be careful. I'm a, grand, I'm a grandma and, um, you know, money's tight. I've, I've even. I'm All even right, do me a favor. I got a car service that I know of that could take care of you, and I'm going to pay for it. No way. Yes, I oh am. All right, goodness. I'm going to put you on hold. Do me a favor. Take her I phone up. Like Make cried. sure you get everything. Okay. All right, Valeria. I'll see you later. Okay. I'm not going to see you later, I but I am going to. And I loved your dad. All he right. was such a cool guy. Thank you so much. Don't go away. Don't hang up. We're putting you on hold. Okay. Thank All right. you. You bet. You bet. Um. All right, I got to figure out how to do this now. <laughs> I will, I will. But do me a favor, make sure we get all that information. And um, yeah, I know. I, I've heard people, um, you know, nitpick a little bit. Uh, Joel Osteen, and wait a second, he should talk about this more, and he doesn't talk about that more. And Joel has pointed out many times. Look, there are other people who do that. This is my lane. This is what I do. He can't help it if he's incredibly popular. He's not forcing this thing on anybody. So I like him a lot. I have heard that criticism, but again, look, do anything 
someone's going to criticize it. Nobody's perfect. You know, it is what it is, and I think it's a beautiful thing. And uh, so, but Charles Stanley is uh, kind of, uh, I was listening to Joel, and he said, get into that Bible, get into that Bible. I got into that Bible. Honor, and things have really, really worked. I love it. Uh, Don and Nanuet, hello. Hey, Greg. Great to talk to you, sir. Um, I've talked to you before. I'm a retired trooper, and, uh, you know, my dad was a Marine and uh, the whole thing with aviation. But anyway, uh, we t- uh, my, my call is about Ashley Babbitt, and uh, I don't know if you've seen, and if you have, because I, I don't catch you all the time every day, uh, the, on, on the Epic Times, they have a, uh, a documentary. And on the documentary, Ashley Babbitt actually punches a guy, gives gives a guy a left-hand hook into the face because he was the guy breaking the window. Yes, Don, I know. A, I've shown this you know footage. This I show, I've oh. shown the footage on my show. I have. I know exactly what you're talking about. Ashley Babbitt punches a guy. We're 99.9% certain that she punched him. There has been some debate about that, but it looks like he's punching him right in the face. His glasses go flying. Now, why is Ashley being violent? Well, this guy was breaking a window. She's like, don't do that. Do not break anything. This is not what we're about. This is peaceful. So... That's, you know, it's an amazing moment, and I talked to Aaron Babbitt about this. It just confirms what he already knew, that she was not a violent person. She wasn't a rioter. She was allowed into the Capitol. I've seen footage also where she's walking through the rotunda right between those little uh, those velvet ropes. You know, it wasn't a riot. They were allowed in. At t- I mean, portions of this were not riotous. You can say, oh, everybody there was an insurrectionist. Not true. So I just, what happened to her is an absolute outrage, total atrocity. But yes, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It, it came out about, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe February or something like that, maybe earlier. So, Don, stay on this case. We talk about it just about every night. You know that, right? No, I do know that. And, and, and that fella was identified, I, don't, I can't recall his name on the phone here, he was identified, never arrested. He sneaks back down the staircase, and it looks like he starts changing his clothes. And the guys that lifted her up into that window uh, all had red, like, I guess, MAGA hats on. They were never arrested. It looks like she was almost trying to get away from the situation. We still don't know. We don't know. Uh the whole damn thing was dirty. The whole damn thing. I mean, how they can, that anybody in the media, and I'm talking about Republicans too in Congress. I've spoken to some of them, and they don't want to touch this case. I'm like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? A lot of them feel beholden to the Capitol Hill cops in some weird way. Um, they're uncomfortable, and I don't know. I, I don't get it. I just don't understand it, how this can happen, and everybody can just... Uh, uh, you know, how can you walk those corridors and not how can you have a January 6th commission and not talk about Ashley Babbitt? How dare that Liz Cheney? Huh? Thank you very much, uh, Don. Oh, I got to take one break. The weekend is almost here. Hey, I will not be on the Newsmax show tonight. I'm taking off. But uh, the great Sebastian Gorka will be there. Great guy and uh, a real intellect and very entertaining. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
so weird, all this voting that's happening in August. August! August! I still can't get over it. Why are we having primaries in August? Every every state that had a primary uh, this month, let's see, we had Arizona, we have Michigan, we have Maryland, we have, uh, during the summer too, in July, uh, a number of states we had, uh, hey, New York City in late June uh, has has primaries. Why? Why? Nobody is thinking about politics uh, in the summertime, and that's the way they want it. The politicians, oh, yeah. They want as few people as possible voting in these elections. It means less work for them. It also means more influence. More pa- They can pick their voters as opposed to the voters picking the people they want to represent them. Little, sneaky, nasty trick. And they've been doing it for a long time. We need to move that primary. If I run, man, I don't want the damn primary in the last day of school. You want it when people are back to work after Labor Day, all right, or in November. How the hell am I going to do this? Am I going to do it as an independent? Am I going to do it as a Republican? Am I going to do it as a Democrat? Because, quite frankly, I could find I could make it work in any party. I could. I could. You know, I, I'm not going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be talking about too much, uh, you know, gender, and uh, I'm not going to be talking about uh, slavery and all that stuff. I'm just not. I'm going to be talking about policing, sanitation. I am going to be talking some about the woke agenda. How I want it out of the schools, the public schools. Um, So there's so much practical stuff that liberals, conservatives, middle of the roaders agree on. Really. You know, when it comes to your municipal government, they don't want them screwing around and doing all this stuff and attending events with Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler and, you know, let them waste their time. All right. Uh, I am about to leave. Oh, wait a second. Uh, do I want to? I was once in Owego, New York. What are you calling about, Mark? How you doing, Greg? Uh, just uh, the emerald ash boar beetle. I got 42 acres upstate New York, and uh, all my ash trees are dead. That's that's a true bug. The other thing is, you guys were talking uh, maybe two weeks ago about uh, the Marcellus Shale. We're nine miles from the Pennsylvania border, and we're sitting on a honey hole of natural gas and bring back that fracking we want that fracking right absolutely cuomo shot that down and um, thank god we have lockheed martin in our township and uh that's really what's keeping this town afloat yeah owego is a nice place i have been through there a couple of times you know i lived in binghamton for a while hey you know who's really great on these uh uh energy issues uh, Andrew Giuliani. Now, he lost the primary, but Lee Zeldin is just as strong, and Kathy yeah. Hochul is totally weak. Uh, oh, right? She's got to go. She's got to go. She really does. Uh, upstate, downstate, we all agree. She's got to. we got to get her out. Hey, thanks. Yep. Uh, thanks, Mark. All right. Uh, you bet. And uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to skip that for now. All right, folks. I am almost there. What am I going to do this weekend? I will tell you this. You know, during the week, I know exactly what to do, exactly when to do it. And then the weekend comes and I have like I'm overwhelmed by like the freedom, the decision. Like, what do I I can do? It. I, I don't know what to do. And it can be kind of depressing in a very strange way because I'm overstimulated all week long. And then the weekend, I mean, I'm happy, but I just don't. I have this. Yeah. I, does anybody? I looked it up last weekend. I'm not the only one. It's a thing. It doesn't stay too long. It's an hour or two. And you know what I do? I focus on my wife and kids, and it kind of brings me right through it. Okay. Uh, oh, Susan's been on the whole the phone for a long time. Yes, Susan. Hello. 
Hi, Greg. How are you? I love your show. Thank you. I'm calling because the uh, New York City Council wants to, again, get rid of the horses in Central Park. People want to come to Central Park for the, the things that it's known for. They want to replace them with electric cars, electric carriages by 2024. Um, these horses, my great-grandfather was a horse driver in New York City. He drove President Benjamin Harrison at the uh, um, centennial of George Washington's inauguration, and he drove three other presidents. These horses are um, such a standard for New York City, but the people want to see them. I agree. Are you it's really uh, – Aren't they're not going to go away, though, right? I mean, they talk about this every now and then. I mean, we remember de Blasio said he was going to get rid of them on day one. On day yeah. one, there were going to be no more horses. Look at where we are now. Plenty of horses. I The yeah. city council wants have- a lot of stuff, and they don't win. I don't think they're going to win on this. Or You tell me. Are they? Is there real momentum here? I just hope that there are enough people who speak out and say that they don't want this um, intro 0573, replacing New York City carriage horses with electric vehicles. Uh, There are new members who have been um, elected to the city council who have replaced people who did support the horses. Um, So, you know, it's it's a a guess whether people are going to vote because – the stables are also valuable real estate, and um, there's one member who really wants to be able to take over the stables and build um, high rise. And well, all right, well, listen, we want uh, we want the horses to stay. I do remember the last time this was a big issue. It's all the way back in 2013, 2014, and I was beating the drum big time. You know who was on our side? Um, Liam Neeson. Remember the Irish actor. He's got a lot of friends. A lot of those guys who drive the horses are Irish, and uh, it was a big cause celeb, and we won. So if we got to fight it again, we will, and uh, no problem. I'm not worried yet, but I'll look into it. Okay, Susan? Thank you. Liam has been involved again this time, so let's hope that um, he's touching enough people. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Susan. Um, Yeah, I actually live not too far from those horses. I love them. Uh, the smell is uh, not ideal, but, uh, yeah, electric cars. Hey, how about banning these electric scooters? I saw a woman. She must have been 45 years old, wearing a helmet, going about, uh, I would say, 30, 35 miles per hour up Park Avenue. She had the demeanor as if she were, like, driving a station wagon. You know what I mean? Like just a like a soccer mom in a station wagon. You know, you're you're pretty safe when you're in a station wagon. You don't have to be too keyed up. You just, you know, you own the road in a way. If she did not own the road, think about how easily you can fall off one of those things or somebody nudges you, you're gone, you're finished. Do not ride these scooters. I, I used to be a fighter pilot, a fighter pilot. I would get in a jet at night right now and fly out to an aircraft carrier, land on it, come back, in bad weather, before I would get on a scooter or a bike in New York City. All right? Don't do it. People every single day are winding up in the hospital, and people are dying thoughtlessly embraced by city government. One thing I'll do as mayor, I'll turn off those city bikes, and you could do it with the flip of a switch. 
Unless they want to be licensed, unless they want to stop at red lights, they're going away. Hey, thanks, everybody. Uh, Have a great weekend. We'll talk on Monday.